Alright, Luke, we are in space. How good is space? Loving it. Yeah. It didn't take that long to get up here either. Surprisingly fast. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, why don't we go for a little uh, jetpack ride? Let's do a little scoot over to the moon. Alright then. Alright, I'm just going to engage my uh, thrust boosters to maneuver around. Your what? You know the little bursts of air you need when you're in space to, to move around? Oh, I didn't know didn't know we had those. Oh, I thought you've been using yours quite a bit up here. Uh, you're moving around all over the place. Uh, I just had a um, uh, chicken korma last night. Uh, you got some jets coming out the front as well, which is really weird. <laughs> it's like a balloon that's had its, <laughs> had its end let out, and the noise and the manoeuvring is just like a balloon <laughs> glittering around the roof. We'll see you after the theme song. <laughs> this week's episode is on space. Alright, right off the bat, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm, I'm here. This is in person, which is pretty rare. For Incredibly rare. And I'm using, look, I'm going to be honest, audio quality is not as good as usual. I'm going to just apologize right now. Yeah, you are a stickler for audio quality, but we've used a, a spare backup microphone. Usually you're in your house, I'm in my house, we're over Zoom, in the same room for the first time. You know, this is the first time in probably five years. <laughs> many, many, many years Since that time we had too much homebrew And <laughs> yeah. and I had the editing work cut out for me <laughs> on, on a side point though So I spent the weekend with Don He's come down to Melbourne for the weekend One of the biggest things I've noticed about Don Is when he goes into a restaurant or a bar Or a place where he's ordering something He does this move where he says to the waiter or the waitress What would you recommend? Now let me just explain my theory So my theory is, is that usually... They've had most of the meals and they know what they're talking about. So if there's a dud meal on the menu, they're going to steer me away from it. Mm. Now, what I usually do is I'll narrow my my option down to two or three things that I'm interested in. And then I'll put it to the waiter or waitress to tell me which one to go for. I went a bit off book this weekend. What's happened four times? And I'll give one example. So we went to get a choc top. How good's a choc top? Delicious. And what flavors have you got? And they said, we've got vanilla, mint and boysenberry. And Don said, oh, what would you recommend? And she goes, oh, I like the mint. And Don says, I'll get the vanilla, thanks. <laughs> it's true. Because I would have got vanilla or boysenberry, sure. <laughs> oh, look, I'm not getting a mint one. I don't like it that much. Every single time for four separate orders, he's gone against their recommendation. It's <laughs> like when the, the waiter gives you the specials for 15 minutes. Like, oh, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. That's not special. And you say, I'll just have the chicken parma, thanks. Yeah. It's <laughs> It's true. It's like when you're getting tastings of beer and they give you, they're like, oh, this is really good uh, stout. Have a taste. And you taste it and go, not bad. I'll just have a pale ale, please. <laughs> like you just have to go with your original thing. It's a bit awkward. It's very awkward. You have to pretend you're considering getting something else for a brief moment. You mm. scratch your chin, you look up at the sky, you're like, oh, I'll go the pale ale. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so anything been happening on your your neck of the woods between episodes? No, not really. Um, I moved house. Yeah, uh, nothing comical uh, about it that I can really bring mm, up. Not even mildly amusing. No, it's just a constant pain. Anyone that's moved recently knows how annoying it is. It was not worth mentioning. No, was it really wasn't. 
One thing I've noticed recently, a uh, parent of a, of a few young kids, is how many things you do just to amuse yourself that yeah. are for no one else's benefit, just to make the days a little less kind of routine and mundane. Like I've noticed that like if, our, if we're searching for something in the house, I will quote uh, the Fugitive 1993 movie, The Fugitive. So I'll get the kids and I'll say, all right, what I need from each and every one of you is to search in every doghouse and outhouse and townhouse and handhouse. The Tommy Lee Jones speech. Yeah. They have no idea what I'm referencing. Mm. And I'm just doing it for my own amusement. <laughs> do you do any of that with your kids? No, nah, like I do make dumb jokes. Sometimes I'll make references to things that, that they have no idea what I'm doing. But I reckon it's a good enough reference that, damn it, I'm going to say that reference anyway. I don't have any examples of it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> on the top of my head, I just don't have any. You were 0 for 2 at the start of this uh, episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is true. I had one the other day that it was it was in the world. I, I don't mind a dad joke or a pun. Mm. I did one the other day that I thought was particularly good slash bad when the kids were demanding a lot of stuff. And then I said, come on, stop, stop being so demanding. If you're a piece of fruit, you'd be a demanderin. Good. That's... Uh, do they appreciate that? They kind of rolled their eyes and said... Not bad, Dad. Not bad. Yeah. A begrudging respect. It is good. That's as good as I get these days. I don't get any actual laughing. I had one the other day. Made some pretty good joke, if I'm going to be honest. Mm. And then Sadie, my daughter, just looks at me and goes, how did you win an award, Dad? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it's a fair point. That was a long time ago. (laughs) You actually witnessed the similar thing with my wife when I made a joke at the table before. And she's at the point now where she just acknowledges that it was a joke by saying, yep. It was just that. Alrighty, Don, before we get into the uh, topic, I'm going to call it early. We, we're not off to a sizzling start here. I think being in the same room has thrown us a little bit. It has. But hang with us. We'll, we'll come good. <laughs> we'll come good or at least we'll stay the same. We're not going to go down. Cannot go, cannot go down from here. Absolutely not. Once you dug a hole, you can't dig any deeper. <laughs> Just point. dig up. Dig yeah. up, stupid. <laughs> uh, but let's get in, before we get into the topic, let's, let's, do, uh, let's enter into the room with a review. Thanks, Luke and Don. The first review is by Milk Bar Nick from Australia. Five stars. Killer content. These guys are seriously good. Forever entertaining and informative. Worth listening in just for the brothers' chuckles. Two thumbs up. Would listen again. Excellent. Way to go. Then there's CKD123093 from the United States of America. Five stars. In a few episodes, they say, This week on What's That About? And that's pretty generous. Aside from their fantastic commitment to a regular release schedule, their humour is slightly above average, so that's pretty neat. And Yoda 258 from the United States of America on iTunes. Five stars. You guys are great. Your podcast is so cool. I love the comedy, Luke and Don. That's all from me. Back to you in the studio. Um, so that second review was an interesting one. <laughs> it was, look, quite, it, so that review gave us five stars, which we appreciate, but look, it wasn't overly positive it and was, I feel a bit like I've been roused on by a teacher. <laughs> the five stars was a kiss and they followed it up with a punch in the face. Yeah. That was, talk about mixed messages. So let's just break it down a little okay. bit. So, uh, they say this week and what's that about? And that's pretty generous, aside from their fantastic commitment to a regular release schedule. Now, I'm going to choose to take that not as sarcasm, but as just an actual <laughs> statement. In one point, 
They're saying it's a generous saying this week. And then the next one, they're saying we have a fantastic regular release schedule. So, look, uh, I think they don't know what they're talking about. And I know that definitely wasn't sarcasm. Anyway. <laughs> I must say, it's probably the most accurate re- review I've ever been given. It is absolutely <laughs> it's accurate. On point. Yeah, it is something I've heard from many people that we need to have more, um, more regular episodes. But as you saw from the intro today... I'm all out already. I don't have anything. I need to make it less often, if anything. My secret fear is if we released on a weekly schedule, it would be... Uh, you can't even say too much of a good thing. It's it's too much of an average thing. Yeah. would get old very quickly. It really would. So, <laughs> I think a yearly... This year on What's That About? This year's episode is... I think that's what we need to do. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, okay. We should probably get into the the topic of the day. Now... People probably thought we couldn't handle a big topic like this. Mm-hmm. But these guys, you come in for a little giggle or a titter yep. about earwax or belly button fluff. Yeah. But, you know, you can come for a deep learning experience when you come to What's That About? Space. You can. It won't be this episode. No. You know what? I looked... We have often talked about doing space episodes and I've gone in and I've had a read. Like, I think once we were going to do Black Hole as an episode mm. and I got through the first paragraph of whatever article I was looking at and... Uh, yeah, I didn't understand a word of it. No. It is complicated stuff. Absolutely. Like, we both love space. Yeah. And I'll speak for myself. I'm just too dumb to understand it. Like, yeah. when, when I research, I read, like, primary school level amazing space facts. I go to National Geographic Kids <laughs> and just see what they're, what's going on. And I still don't understand it. This is... Once once they start talking about mass, I'm out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, the point they're like, oh, this planet Uranus spins on its, on its side... Uh, and that's different from the others. That's the level of of astronomy that I understand. That's too complicated for me. I'm like, <laughs> what colour are they? Okay, Mars is red. Good. <laughs> Hang on, they're not all hard substances like Earth. Some of them are gas. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's true. That's 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 too advanced. Yeah, well, I'm staying with Luke at the moment, and I walked past his bedroom. There was a gas giant in there as well, <laughs> which is <laughs> nice. Very nice. I just need to get this out of the way to begin with. Pale blue dot. Yeah. Now... Pale Blue Dot, if anyone's not familiar with it, is a photograph taken of the Earth by one of the Voyager space shuttles. And it was taken from the edge of our solar system looking back at our planet. And it's pretty much the night, you know, night sky of space with a little faint blue dot, a little pixel. And that's us. That's uh, <laughs> that's home. It is my favourite photograph of all time. Mm. And Carl Sagan does an amazing monologue that's your favourite photograph of all time. I love it. It's Have you seen it... my year five school photo? Because it is... Look, that was pretty cute. <laughs> is that the one where you, you've got two bits of hair sticking up like devil's horns? That was year three. Year three? Yeah, that was year three. That was not my best. I really have to have a good word to mum about that because Ooh. I've got... Like, my teeth are missing and I've got... My hair obviously wasn't done. <laughs> or if it was, she was being way too uh, artistic. It's... <laughs> It's like I was in Flock of Seagulls at 80s van. Have you seen them? (laughs) Um, But Pale Blue Dot Photograph, at the end of this episode, let's play that monologue. Yep. Um, Absolutely fantastic. It is really good. So it was by Carl Sagan, who actually told them to take the photo. Mm. And then he wrote a piece, would you say? It's not a poem. It's more just like a... like just a monologue, A reflection. A reflection reflection, on... This is significance of how insignificant we are, you could say. It's very... It's really good. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it was similar on those Voyager space shuttles. They had the golden record where they, they sent out, attached to these shuttles, 
this little kind of gold disc of photographs and music from our planet in case we come across any other civilizations. Yeah. This is us. And heaps of different music. Like there's everything from Chuck Berry to classical. What would you put on the golden record? Ooh. Maybe uh, Shut Up Your Face by Joe... Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Joe Dolce? Joe Dolce. <laughs> Let's play a little bit That's an Australian classic We'll play a little bit of that now For our American listeners Where it rightfully so Wasn't a hit Beautiful That would yeah. uh, That would represent us Very well Sums us up <laughs> Um you probably put a couple of what's out abouts on there just to yeah, round out the set. Probably the placebo episode. Oh yeah, and no, that's it. That's it. Just, <laughs> just the placebo episode. Definitely not this episode. No, <laughs> that's true. Alrighty, let's uh, let's go for a Don's definition. We didn't even didn't oh, even get the Don's D. Yeah, well, let's crack on with it. So space, it's a boundless three dimensional extent in which objects and events occur. And of relative position and direction. That's space. Hang on. Can you read that again? It's a boundless three-dimensional extent in which objects and events occur and have relative position and direction. Well, the Don's definition team has really taken a very, very, uh, I don't know, it's a very um, precise definition. We're really talking about the universe and they've just defined whoa, whoa, whoa. any Hang on a minute. cavity. Hang on. <laughs> What's this about? Out of space Absolutely Oh, okay oh, yeah. You've okay. come in with some, some really good content okay. on storage um. <laughs> If you need if you, like, We can take care of your storage needs That's what I'm saying You've got a bit of a side hustle going so What's that about? <laughs> storage, storage solutions, solutions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take it I guess it's, technically it's not incorrect Yeah I'll take it Look I did Luke I, look, I did my research while Luke was in the room And he Once I finished Which didn't take long He said Is that it? Is that it? Was, is that all you've done? Listener It was even less Than you would imagine <laughs> And I do like the Single listener Not plural listeners Absolutely not, yeah. Yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves Listener <laughs> Alright well Let's Let's go What did you find most interesting About your Your three minutes of space research? Wow well, I did focus on uh, Storage Um <laughs> No. Uh, look, I basically looked at interesting space facts. It is too much, it's too large a topic for me to really convey any sense of anything other than simple children's facts. Yep. Give us one. All right, then. <laughs> first, uh, first one space is completely silent. Hmm. Just like your wife on your wedding night. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got it in again. There it is. Yes. There it is. <laughs> any opportunities on the front? It is good. <laughs> And so is that because there's no, there's nothing in space, there's nothing for the sound to move through, so sound can't travel. Is that why? That's because of your small penis. <laughs> uh, okay. No, it is, double, I've just kept down. on. Kept... <laughs> you should have doubled down. That's the uh... outstanding. All oh, right, too much, too much. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no atmosphere for sound to travel through, so yeah. it just doesn't go anywhere. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yourself? Okay. Um, let's, go, let's go fact for fact. Fact for fact. All right. Yeah. So I just find it fascinating how everything in the universe 
is made of the same stuff that originated after the Big Bang. Mm. And so everything is pretty much the, just different combinations of those elements in different densities from a, a, a me and you to a table to a planet to a star. It's all the same stuff. All the same stuff, just yeah. in different combinations and densities. It's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. And the fact that the universe is effectively the opposite of a black hole. So a black hole is a dead space which matter enters. The universe was a dead space that exploded and matter came out of to create the universe. Can you imagine how much matter was in that oh. small whatever it was before it exploded? That's, are you talking about your wedding night? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're not even married, but I'm it going for it. It happened in a very short amount of time as well. Was it? <laughs> That's oh, incredible. And just that whole idea of, you know, something like our universe coming from nothing. I just cannot get my head around that. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? Um, there's an uncountable amount of stars in the universe. So apparently the way they've described it is there's zillions. Now, zillion isn't actually a number. It's a number that they, or word they use. It's an informal word for just an extremely large uncountable amount. It's like they're six years old. What's that? That's like how a six-year-old would describe it. It's like, oh, there's zillions of lollies in that day. It is, but you look at all the numbers. There's like trillions and a Mm. gazillion. I don't know. There's all these sorts of ones where you're like, that doesn't sound real, but it is. Zillions is not. It's... I'm just surprised they use such an imprecise term in in science. Yeah, well, Nat Nat Geo kids. Uh, (laughs) Usually they've got a bit more information. But an ANU study, an ANU, I'm representing Canberra, Australian National University. I went to the ANU. Yeah. Great institution. Not, not everything's good from the end. Um, they said they've given an estimate of 70 sextillion, which is a number, but it just sounds like a randy professor. It's like, as if, when he made that up, that was a little young intern that he was probably trying to uh, crack onto inappropriately. It was a wink after he said it. Yeah, sextillion. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that idea of they've pretty much figured out how many stars are in our galaxy and then they've just times it by how many galaxies they estimate they are and that's how they yeah. get to the sextillion number i'm like yeah we really don't know we know so know. they're estimating a new it it's seventy thousand million 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 wow yeah jeez it's a lot good what do you got okay uh what i always i you know when i watch a time travel movie hmm. i can never follow time travel movies yeah i just get confused by the timeline and who's where and what's what and how things have happened so when they say when we look into the night sky if you see a star, you're kind of looking into the past. So if a, if a star's 50 million light years away, you're seeing that star 50 million years ago. Yeah. And it's just taken that long for the light to reach us on Earth. So it's not how it is now. It's how it was in the past. So with that, the new James Webb telescope, when they're saying we can look back to the beginning of time because this telescope's powerful enough to look back 14 billion years. My head doesn't understand... Like, we're seeing the past because it took so long for the light to get to us. That does your head in. Yeah, it does your head in. I it took me a while to get that. I explained it to my son who got it instantly. I was talking about <laughs> the James Webb. So that's really cool. They have the new James Webb telescope where they can... It's very, very sensitive. And they're seeing these faint things which were really not long after the Big Bang is what they're saying. The faint signs of stars and galaxies. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Which is pretty awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And so when Marty McFly bumps into another Marty McFly, yeah, was that his dad or was that him? <laughs> sorry. I'm just trying to understand the back to the future <laughs> plot line. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. What's your next one? Anyway. Um, okay. 
the Apollo astronauts' footprints on the moon will probably stay there for at least 100 million years. Just it's a long time. a lack of weather to erode the footprint? Yeah, there's no weather. Oh, so okay. the only thing that's going to wipe them off are just like things hitting the moon, which have obviously oh, nice. been happening a lot. Um, mm. But they reckon about 100 million years and they'll get just bumped away by something. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, this, is what, this is the fact that I tell my kids all the time, that even though space is enormous, it's a lot closer than we think. So space is only 100 kilometers off the surface of the Earth. Oh, that's heaps. That's <laughs> So when we're driving on a highway, I always say, you know, so if we're driving 100 kilometers an hour, mm. it will take us an hour to get from Earth to space. Yeah. And that's nothing, an hour driving in a car. And if you obviously get in a space shuttle, it's like eight minutes or something. Yeah. But that's really close. Um, okay, I've got more energy from the sun hits Earth every hour than the planet uses in a year. Jeez. It's a lot. So it's got to uh, harness that energy. Solar. Yeah, I guess so, but you'd have to cover the entire Earth. Anyway, no that's a knows. lot. No. Uh, let's not get too political here uh, <laughs> for our cold-loving friends. But <laughs> this is one that uh, you knew it was going to come eventually. There we go. Here we Let go. Let me guess. <laughs> you want to believe. Well, I'm not, it's not a matter of belief. It's a matter of what are the facts. <laughs> and so scientists have found a big void in space that's a, that's a billion miles wide. And there's a camp, not all scientists, but there's a camp of scientists that believe this is kind of a, a, a portal for a parallel universe. Right. And what sort of scientists? Uh, good ones. Yeah. <laughs> good ones believe it's a portal. <laughs> Maybe controversial, but some people believe that parallel universes are more likely than not to exist mm. in, in terms of quantum physics. And there are some other people, just some others, who believe that things travel back and forward through time and different civilizations through these, you know, parallel universe portals. Like lots of credentialed people believe that's happening. Yeah, the whole parallel universe thing is it sounds crazy, but it's not. I think there's a lot of mm. solid maths behind it. Yeah. And it's extremely possible. That's right. Yeah. And and with the whole um you know, kind of alien visitation thing where generally it's accepted we haven't been visited, but there are aliens out there in the universe is more likely yep. than not. And everyone's like, well, the distances they would have to travel are just too great for it to happen in reality. And then these scientists say, well, if you have multiverses and you have portals between them, it makes the distance equation much simpler and, and easier to navigate. When they talk about wormholes, do you mm. just imagine a big worm? Yeah, because I do. I'm yeah. such like a big, spacey worm out there. Just poking <laughs> his head through the hole. Yeah. And just going, mm. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got one. one day on Venus is longer than one year on Earth. Right. That's that's definitely a Nat Geo Kids uh, fact, that one. <laughs> it is. Um, also, I'm going to follow up quickly mm. with something that's completely unrelated, but yeah. I wasn't happy with that fact. Yeah. <laughs> Space smell. So people reckon it smells like burnt steak, the astronauts. Really? Yeah. When you're having a stroke, does it smell like burnt hair? Is that the... What's the smell of... If you have to be burning your hair at the same time. No. no. What was well, that thing? Some people, I think some people with epilepsy think they have a, they will get a smell beforehand. Is it popcorn or is it like... Um, burnt toast. Burnt toast, maybe? There's burnt a, toast. It's kind of like an aura. They'll get this aura, but that they might smell something before they have a seizure. Right. Yeah. Okay. Not funny. Just a piece of information. Yeah. That wasn't 
necessarily accurate, but it's... No, I would not <laughs> put it out there. Uh, I found this interesting. So they reckon that about four and a half billion years ago, a Mar- an object the size of Mars crashed into the Earth and that displaced enough of the Earth to form the moon. Mm. And the moon kind of got trapped in the Earth's gravitational pull. And that's how the moon was created. Yeah. Go Mooney. Interesting. That's great. What happened to the... You know how when you're a kid, there's heaps of references of the moon being made of cheese. Yeah. I haven't heard that since I was a kid. I don't think they do that anymore. If I said to my cheese kids, moon. what's the moon made of? Yeah. None of them would say cheese. No. Where did why that did come from? That? But why was it made of cheese? Makes no sense. Doesn't look like cheese. No. Not the texture of cheese. No. Very unusual. Big anyway, cheese. It's, big so, cheese is probably at play here somewhere. Oh, big cheese has <laughs> stepped in and... <laughs> Taking things into their own hands it's, It doesn't happen anymore And it's a good thing I think that's something good That they don't need Here's something you have in common With the earth Apparently as time goes on It continues to gain weight So About A hundred times Is that allowed? You're a real piece of work I can't, I'm not sure that's allowed In 2022 Anyway Every day About a hundred tons Of space stuff Ends up falling To the surface of the earth Increasing its weight By a hundred tons A day Wow That's a lot That's a lot tons because um, I also read that there's like you know half a million bits of space junk just flying in, in our atmosphere, and once a week it drops to the surface. Yeah, but I never hear of anyone getting hit by it. No, well, if you think about what's the ocean, what does that cover? Like eighty percent of the oh, yeah. Earth is it? It's, it's a really high proportion. Yeah, the, the odds of it falling in the ocean are high. Yeah, yeah. I read it on that. I read an article the other day of this. Uh, uh, object, whether it's a meteor or something that came from outside of our solar system into mm. our solar system mm. and fell into the ocean. And these Harvard um, scientists are trying to get funding to scrape the bottom of the ocean to find this meteor. Mm. And it would be the first object we've ever had our hands on that came from outside of our solar system. That's cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. An interesting fact about the uh, return on investment for space exploration. So for every dollar invested in space exploration... $8 of economic activity is created. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's good. You think about, you know, particularly in the 60s, all that technology from um, the space race and everything, a lot of that had applications outside of space. So space exploration, good stuff. Because there was a, a period after the um, the initial moon landings yeah. where didn't the you know American people turn against NASA's expenditure because they thought it couldn't be justified after the moon landing. I think so, yeah. And that stat is kind of a powerful argument against that. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Space is the best. Space is good. <laughs> this one, this, this is probably one of my final um, stats or facts. Really? Yeah. you got you got a lot more. Heaps more. Jeez, you did a lot in three yeah. minutes. Yeah, mate. Copy, paste, Wikipedia. I guess it's pretty quick to do that. No? <laughs> is, I always think about, you know, at some point, our civilization has to end because our sun is going to burn out. Yeah. And so the timeline is in in 5 billion years, our sun's going to burn out. But they reckon that in 1 billion years, we will already be feeling the effects of the sun burning out to the point that we can't sustain life on Earth anymore. Mm. So as a species, we've got about a billion years, which is a long time for a human lifespan, obviously. It's a long way in the future. Yeah. But it's not that long in terms of the history of our um, planet. It's like one fourteenth of its existence. Mm. And I always think of that sheer fact, what falls off the back of that in terms of what does that mean for like religion? So like would a God have created a universe where it orbited around a sun that has a an extinguished point? Mm. Is that 
the design he would have put in place? Or is that an argument that, you know, it's really, there's no creator behind this universe. It's more just physics at play. I think any religious person likes to mold things to fit into their existing beliefs. Don't get too deep here. Mm. But I think they'll figure a way to, they'll figure it out. Figure yeah. <laughs> but usually they can just mold things around. They'll be right. Yeah. So it means that ultimately, I guess with every civilization, there's an end point. And unless, when we talk about interplanetary kind of um, migration for our species, mm. it really needs to be into a different um, solar system. Yeah. With a new sun. That's, Definitely. That's so like getting old. to the moon, they're talking about eventually getting to the moon or Mars. Mm. Very important first step because it's semi-achievable at this point. Yeah. But in really, like a billion years is a long time. I don't think the human race will last a billion years. No, not the way it's headed. We're in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless we just little little duck through one of those wormholes or portals. Yeah. That if the worm lets before. us. He's got a, he's got a strict you, door policy. Yeah, I don't know if you ask politely, he'll let you through. <laughs> right, you got, what's, uh, we've been going on a little while on these space facts. I'm going to bust us, out a few quick ones in yeah, a row just to finish up shop here. Yeah. Um, isn't that all right? There are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on Earth. It's classic. That's anyway, a classic fact. Uh, there's a planet made of diamonds that's two times the size of Earth. Made of diamonds? Yeah. I've never heard that. That's cool. There's also, do you know it rains diamonds on Jupiter and Saturn? Beautiful. I'm loving diamonds at the moment. I don't know why I went down a diamond. <laughs> Deep dive there. on the diamond facts. Yeah, I did. Um, there's a planet that rains glass sideways. Oh, jeez. So in 2013, the Hubble telescope, Hubble, old, old news, mate, <laughs> spotted a blue planet that kind of looked a lot like Earth. This is Nat Geo kids again, I'm sure. <laughs> Except that the planet has a temperature of about 100, sorry, 1,832 degrees Fahrenheit. Which Luke off the top of your head in Celsius go? So what was the number again? Sorry, one eight three two Fahrenheit. One eight three two Fahrenheit. I'm going to say is eight hundred degrees Celsius. One thousand degrees Celsius. Oh. Close. Close. Anyway, that's that's me done. Do you I reckon mean, on diamonds? The, I don't know. Yeah. On Hubble versus James Webb. Yep. Do you get the feeling that it's like a boxing match, and then no, <laughs> no it's <laughs> the young. You're not thinking that, okay? Yeah. I reckon like Hubble. the worm is the referee. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> in terms of the office, I reckon James Webb is Neil, the new manager. Mm. Hubble is David Brent. And then when James Webb comes out with his new amazing photographs, Hubble's like, I prefer a flan. Like, he's just not, yeah, it's not supportive not. of his new amazing photographs. It's too much information, too really. Much. <laughs> it's just unnecessary. I prefer low res, personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is, um, that's, a, that's a very fact-heavy uh, space episode. It is. They thought we couldn't do it. They thought you'd be like just doing little kids space facts. But yeah, absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah. The big time. Big exactly. Time. Um, we have a very, very special uh, social etiquette segment coming up with our uh, one of our very first live special guests. Yeah, this is literally the first one we've had hmm. in the studio with us. Very exciting. We'll yeah. uh, catch you on the other side of the theme song. If you've got a social problem that makes you want to run and hide, then we recommend you. Alrighty, very special guest in the uh, social etiquette segment is my neighbour Al. Al, hi Luke, hi Don. <laughs> this is very exciting. Al? I'm so excited. I'm like blushing. I dressed up. <laughs> He's this literally wearing like, a tuxedo. This literally. is like a big <laughs> deal. Like, I'm not even joking. You turned up <laughs> with flowers and a tuxedo. It's- well, this is a special occasion for me. Like, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. And- <laughs> so, backstory here is Al has his own podcast. 
which is the uh, San Dimas School of Film. Yes, he got it right. Got it right. I always get it right. The old San Dimas Film of School. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> to be fair, I think our Twitter handle is actually wrong anyway. It's like backwards. So right. you're so doing you can't fine. get it right. Yeah, How yeah. am I going to get it right? <laughs> and so Don's been on Al's podcast. I've been on Al's podcast. And then yesterday, uh, I was uh, let it let it slip to Al that we're recording an episode today. And Al's like, what should I be researching? <laughs> Super subtle, I so was. The, yeah. the social etiquette is, what do you do when you've got a uh, neighbour that has a podcast and you've been on his, but we don't do hosts. <laughs> we don't do co-hosts. So... Let's talk it through. What was the what was behind your message? Look, I think you just lean into it, right? Yeah. Like you just <laughs> you gotta put yourself out on the line and hope something comes back. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm currently working on t-shirts that say I'm a t- I'm a tolerator. Yeah. I don't know what's that about tolerator? <laughs> Pro- I'm flying my freak flag loud and clear. <laughs> so I think the, the answer to the first question is you shoehorn them into the social etiquette segment rather than in the main topic. That was the, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the way we handled that. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. Came... <laughs> and then you edit it out at the end. That's, yeah. that's what you do. I noticed that came back. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Not the whole, not the whole show, but that's yeah. all right. <laughs> Baby steps, fellas. <laughs> we do have another question as well. Yeah. Do you want to ask this one? Okay. So this one is if you're, <laughs> if you're going to a cafe with someone or you're at work and they offer to buy you a cup of coffee, mm. can you then take the money that the coffee costs, I just say it's five bucks, and then spend it on another item in the cafe? It's like, well, I don't want a coffee, but if you can buy me a pack of chips, that would be great. <laughs> can you? What's the etiquette there? Okay, well, this is a bit of a curveball mm. for you. I don't drink coffee. Interesting. Hot chocolate? Mm, not really. I don't uh, really do hot drinks. So, you know, he's, he's going through all the drinks. Hang on a minute. No hot drinks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cold coffee. Drinks. Co- no, no. <laughs> coffee. I don't like the taste of coffee. Coffee's gross, okay. right? Hmm. Orange so, juice. So I feel like I'm in a Notting Hill and I'm Hugh Grant. Uh, <laughs> coffee, tea, <laughs> orange juice, daiquiri. Is it? Like, I'm just... <laughs> so it's like people at work or whatever will offer me coffee, and I'm like, oh, I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. So then, can it. you go? Just give me five bucks, please. I'll take the money. <laughs> yeah. Just the money you were going to spend on the coffee. Yeah. I'll just pocket it. Like you're I even. I feel like oh. if I was there, if I was in the cafe. For I don't know whatever reason, mm. like we're going out, and I'm there with you, yeah. And you're like, oh, I'll buy the coffees. I'm like, oh no, I might get a a gingerbread man. <laughs> you know, like you know, they've got <laughs> same money. It's a- yeah, it's a smarty cookie. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a bubble-o bill from the yeah. freezer. <laughs> That'd be great. You know, like yeah. I think if I'm there with you and you're offering to buy a coffee, yeah, then but if. If you're on a run, I'm going to go out. Before we get started, I'm going to go out and get a coffee. Does yeah. anyone want anything? It's a designated coffee run. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. nah. I'm you good. can't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What a little layer deeper. Very subtle, this one. If someone says, just say, pretend you did drink coffee. Uh, okay. And someone goes, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I've got to get into, get the, into the, <laughs> get into the zone. The dirt water zone. Okay, okay go. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll get you coffee. Um, I'll just grab a small flat white. And what would you like? Are you able to order a large? Given they're shouting you and they've ordered a small. Well, look, uh, look. This is where you're going to lose me again because I don't understand the, the coffee world, the coffee etiquette. Mm. Like, right. I don't know. Is is that I don't a think thing? there is etiquette here. I've ordered one and I got a large, and then they ordered themselves a small after I'd already ordered a large. Oh, that's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I still feel. So what if they large. order it first? If they order it first, I couldn't go a big one. No. Yeah. 
I would probably lean that way, I think. You gotta match the size. You gotta match it. Yeah, 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 true, true, true. It's like when someone buys you a drink. I'm more more familiar with like, you know, buying beers or whatever. Yeah. And someone gets a cocktail. You're like, mm, oh, has that happened? It's not quite it's not that's quite like what double I the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not quite what we're yeah. doing here. That's, but yeah, that's, very <laughs> true. that's cheeky. Yeah. yeah. When it's like, oh, it's my round, I'll go up, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, I'll have a sex on the beach. I'm like, well, well, to be fair, that was Luke and that was a proposition. I'm not thirsty. Yeah, he's thirsty in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. Absolute delight having you uh, on the show. Where can people hear your podcast? Give us a little blurb about it. Oh, look, first of all, it was an absolute honour and privilege <laughs> to be let into this sanctum. Uh, you can find the Sandy School of Film on all your general podcatchers. Uh, we're, we're a movie show. We we watch a movie every episode and compare it to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, um, the absolute classic <laughs> 1989 film. Uh, yeah, get on all your podcatchers, put in, we take listener requests, and we have a ridiculous time. Beautiful. It's most triumphant. Well, I just need to know. It's, so, Bill and Ted's is your favourite movie, correct? Or what's look, your favourite movie of all time, if it's not? Look, I don't think, I, don't, I think it's a bit private to ask that kind of question, Don. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't have a favourite movie. I've got about, you know, 50 of them. Mm. Um, but it's, there's a lot going for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that's just like delightful. Yeah. You know, if you're just say it's a, a slow Sunday afternoon and you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching one of my favorite movies. Not the favorite, but just one of my favorite. Yeah. What are you putting on? See, again, it's very, it's a very, <laughs> I can't answer that it's because very- it's like, Oh, what mood am I going to be in? Do I want something I've seen a hundred right times? Right now. What about right now? Right now. Right now. Right now. You left the podcast. If Luke, go ahead. Hang around, we'll have a beer and watch a movie right now. What are you putting on? Oh, let's put on Bill and Ted then. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what movie have you seen the most number of times? Oh, I don't know. It's weird because there are some films that are like on, that were on telly heaps. You know, like Goodwill Hunting is by no means my favourite film. That was always on but telly. But it's always on it's telly. Every right? Sunday night at 8.30. Same yeah. with Forgetting Sarah Marshall, things like that. They're always on. So, yeah. you, you know, but that. But films I would choose to watch, I've definitely seen Bill and Ted a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an AGM every year where we sit down and watch it <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, recalibrate our rating system. Um, I don't know. I've seen the Star Wars movies a lot. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you guys, you know, when, when Don came on, it was a discussion point of um, these kinds of films. It's like the films that we grew up watching. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're heavy discussion topics alrighty well let's wrap this up Al yep. thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me fellas it's a delight <laughs> and so that is space we've covered uh, very little of it very little yeah. space a little nook and cranny in the corner mm. but uh, it'll do that's enough yeah um, where can they find us Tom uh, just the same place you're listening to us uh, <laughs> 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 good. and leave us a review iTunes and where is it Podchaser yep Podchaser what's that about at outlook.com Check it out. Al, thanks very much. That's all right. Was there a room with a review this week? There was. Oh, yeah, there was, was it mine? No, no, I didn't think so. Don's only letting new reviews in oh, the room. Oh, I'll have to write another one. <laughs> yeah, write another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll do the classic podcast thing where we know who it is, but we pretend we don't know them. Yeah, so he's a real fan. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was disappointed your mum wasn't here too. I was looking forward to meeting her. <laughs> you, know, you just have to have me back. Yeah. I'll just invite myself on again. Yeah. <laughs> Put that out to the tolerators. If you feel like coming on the show, just shoot them a text. Yeah. <laughs> now, Al, I'm going to give you a mug because you've turned up. Oh! Uh, yeah. Bloody it's, hell. Right, yeah, that's him. After Trippy gets his, then you can have yours. <laughs> <laughs> Still coming. It's still coming, Trippy. It's, still coming. it's coming. Calm down, mate. <laughs> Be on my tombstone. Still yeah. waiting for my mug. Still waiting for the mug. <laughs> Beautiful. Alrighty, that'll do it. We'll uh, catch you next time. See you guys. Love you. Bye. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mode of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, 
it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known.